Hello, everybody. I'm your host, Tommy Bedell, and welcome to episode one of the PDP, the Post Duty Podcast, where we'll chat with many of our nation's finest about several military related topics. Today's featured guest is Mr. David Green. Mr. Green, you ready to kick us off on our very first podcast? Oorah. Ready? Oorah. I like it. David is a Christian, married 29 years to his beautiful wife, Amy, father of four, now seven after three weddings in two years, has a black lab named Flea. He's a Marine, a good shot, deacon at Forest Hill Church, and a Q-serve of F3 Nation. Now, David, why don't you uh, take a minute, uh, fill in some gaps with that intro, and tell us a little bit more about your personal life. So I thought that intro was kind of all-inclusive, but I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll throw in a couple other ones uh, for the for the people out there. I'm, I, I don't sound Southern because I'm not. I'm from Colorado. Um, the other one I've spent uh, the majority of my childhood is a... I was a pro BMX trick rider, and I'm going to throw that out there because nobody ever knows. I had no idea whenever I first saw yeah, that, so, and I was shocked, but also it kind of is a little fitting. Yeah, and uh, so that, that was how I spent most of my childhood, so I'll, I'll tell everybody that I'm pretty spoiled. Uh spent most of my childhood traveling around um, doing trick shows, so obviously I, I turned into a man at a certain point, joined the Marines in 88. Um, actually, I got married. I married Amy six weeks later. Um you know, left for boot camp, and that was in 88. Um, and we were stationed all over uh, California. Um, I was mostly in 1st first, uh, Marine Division. I went to uh, Desert Storm with 1st Tank Battalion. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, really loved the Marines. Loved everything about that. We lived all over um, California. I'm going to talk a little bit about transition day because I ended up getting out of the Marines um, right, right as the Somalia conflict started. Mm-hmm. So while you... Uh, Reference guys are all you young guys. That's Black Hawk Down stuff. Yep. So, um, but yeah, and since then I've been a corporate guy and traveling around the uh, U.S. for a couple different companies. Um, I'll just go ahead and throw their names out. TRM Corporation mm-hmm. was the first one. I worked at Baker Installations, um, a small cereal company named Kellogg's. Uh, a little, for, just, yeah, just, just a small, small, yeah, tiny. small, a small, tiny little uh, cereal company that occasionally makes Pop Tarts. Been there the last eleven years, and I just started a new career at uh, P and TL based here in Rock Hill, South Carolina. Awesome. So, Awesome. So a couple of things is, uh, first I'll get to in a second, but we've known each other going well, almost three or four years now. Yeah, I was going to say it's, it's been at least four years, at least four. And then I, the way that we met at each other is we didn't really know our first names for at right. least two of those years. Right. Yeah. Why, don't you, why don't you tell a little bit yeah, about that? So, and, uh, for the, for the, for the listeners today, um, uh, Tommy is really bounty hunter to me. I didn't know he had a name. Um, Apparently his parents named him Tommy, but the guys in F3 named him Bounty Hunter. And our, our other partner in crime that's not here today is Will Uter, who I'm also a deacon with. But his real F3 name is also Deacon. So Deacon is a deacon, which I think is ironic That's now. right. But yeah, so. that's right. That's right. Yeah. So, and then also you talked about you just got married, right? Yep. And then you you enlisted, right? And so how maybe how was yeah, that real so, quick when yeah, her what did, what was her thought process so behind let, all let that? Let me go ahead and tell you, um, I was a young man and I was not necessarily a smart young man, but I figured <laughs> out that if you were married, you made like an extra two hundred forty five dollars a month. Mm-hmm. So I told Amy, I said, We're gonna get married anyways, why don't we just get married before I join? So we just kinda dropped that um kind of threw that grenade in the middle of the room and my parents and her parents were both like, What? And then um yes, yeah, so we got married. I think I uh, my, if my sister was here, it was my sister's birthday, uh, February 25th, I think is 
of 88 is when we told them we were married April 9th of 88. Wow. And I left May 22nd of 88. Well, uh, 29 years later, it's yeah, still, still, going, still so working. Still, it yeah. worked out. Yeah, Amy just hasn't figured out uh, that she could leave. No. <laughs> so. I would say I think we were all in that same Yeah, exactly. On, I married up. One. So. And she's a good shot. You're talking about you're a good shot. Yeah, she, but I, I've, I've, yeah, you've seen, I've seen it. Yeah, you, I've uh, seen it. Yeah, you've seen Amy shoot before. So, yeah, that one that one's definitely one to be concerned about. I don't want her shooting at me. No, so. and I, I agree. I think it's duck and cover yeah. whenever that happens. Well, cool. Let's uh, let's let's try just a little bit. Um, what initially got you interested in, in being involved in the military? I always knew if I was going to join the Marines, um, or if I was going to join the military, I was going to be a Marine. Mm-hmm. So even like um, when everybody else grew up and played the Army, I always played Marines. I the, to me, uh, the Marines have the best marketing department. I always knew <laughs> I don't come from a family of Marines. I just knew I always wanted to be a Marine. How many pull ups could you do? Uh, about 20, 25. Because all to score perfectly, you only needed to do twenty. Mm-hmm. So. I could always do twenty, and yeah. I, I probably if if we, if it was required for a PFT score right now, I'd probably still give you twenty. But I'm kipping because when I was in, you could kip your pull ups. So, but yeah, I always knew I wanted to be in the Marines. Awesome. So. Well, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about more about your military career? So obviously we know that you're a Marine, but why don't you give it you yeah. know length of time and then your what your MOS was? So in uh, I, I kind of give you the rest of the story. So uh, um, my dad retired from Coors. He was an electrician. And so at night he always ran a side business of being like doing electrical work. And I, so by the time I did that, my, in addition to riding my bike and doing everything else, um, I knew what I didn't want to become. My father made, made sure I knew exactly what I didn't want to become because I always had to help on these electrical jobs. Mm -hmm. So join the Marines. I said, I got, I know I don't want to do that. Join the Marines, uh, take the ASVAB. I score so high in the electronics portion. Um, obviously what you don't want to become is what you always become. become. So, Uh, for those guys who are, are in the service right now, I was a 2811, which is a telephone switchboard repairman. So I was always in electronics, but I was in ground electronics. So I was a 2811, which is telephone switchboard, uh, 2813, which is a cable splicer, like the overhead telephone lines or cable, uh, the fiber optic cables mm-hmm. that run through the ground. I did that. Uh, 2818, and so I'll kind of date myself here to the, uh, to the guys who are um, more in their probably closer to 50 here. 20 to 18 fixed teletypes. And so before there were computers, you'd have a wire running between two machines and they would type off, um, they would type off the messages. A little to bit a, different yeah, than a little what bit, they do now, right? Yeah, a little bit different than what we do now. And then a 2822 is, um, is a computer tech. And so I also did that. So I was in electronics maintenance, uh, but I was always blessed to be in ground combat units. And so uh, that's why when you hear me talk, I always sound like a grunt because I went to the field with grunts. I mm-hmm. went to the field with tanks. I went to the field with line armor. I went to the field with recon. Anybody who needed a electronics technician, I went to the field with them. Yeah. So let's, I guess going into that is, so you, you being in the field, um, why don't you tell us maybe one of the proudest moments that you've had in the military? I'm sure there are a lot, right? Yeah. But you know, what is that one that you can kind of cherry pick out of there? Yeah. You know, to me, um, you know, looking back at my career, so, and, and it's hard to tell people this, and I hope the people listen and understand, I might never be as good at, at any job I do as good as I was at being a Marine. And so the one thing, uh, you know, I'll transition to that is, you know, today's conversation is about being in, in transition. I didn't realize I was good at it till I wasn't doing it anymore. Mm-hmm. So uh, one of my proudest moments was uh, during the Gulf, Gulf War, I was with tanks, and um, I never fixed, I wasn't formally trained on fixing radios and tanks, and that's kind of... Normally, uh, tanks have a couple of receivers so they can listen to a couple of stations, mm-hmm. and then they have a transmitter so they can talk to each other. But 
none of the none of the tanks. We we lost some tanks, but we didn't lose anybody. No one was killed. We had a lot of guys get hurt, but nobody got um, killed in the first Gulf War. And I got an award for that because I was part of a team that helped keep all that communication equipment going. Yep. And it was you know it was it was important and uh, yeah it made me that was I'm very proud of that moment. So no, I think I think that's sometimes from from that perspective. That doesn't always happen, right? So, yeah, yeah. Good comms is a, and, and you know, if you watch war movies, guys who have radios that work are normally a lot more successful. And I, like I said, I was part of a good team, um, but we kept everybody alive, which is the end goal. Absolutely, so. I aim into that. So, I guess, and I think you could take, you know, from a communication standpoint, you say whether equipment or your day to day life, right? Yep. Communication is key. And so yeah. that's whether it's communication in your job, you're talking about communication in military, you'd be able to get one back, uh, you know, talk back and forth from another. But also if, you know, us married folks, communication in your marriage, right? <laughs> yeah. So, so I'm, I'm going to go ahead and give you some jokes on that. So um, I'm, not, I'm not sure you were never a tanker. So I'm going to give you, so when tanks radios don't work, you know how do they talk to each other? You get to pop your head out and wave a flag. And that's how the tanks will talk to each other. But I don't know if you've ever had somebody shooting at you. The, the desire to uh, no, pop no your yeah, the desire to pop your uh, head outside the uh, you know the turret and then start waving a flag is not the best way to stay alive. No, I, so I would agree so with good that. good comms makes a difference. So little tank history, a little tank story there. Yeah. So I guess kind of from your your personal, but like if we're talking about transitioning, you know, into civilian life. Oh, uh, when did you first start thinking about life after the military so and, and and anybody who's ever been marine that's listening to this will know that uh really the first day you join is the first day you start thinking i want to be doing something else because <laughs> the marines is tough but um i loved it and it's a tough life but i i thought i would be, i thought i would be in the marines forever mm-hmm. like i thought they would be telling me to go home before i would ever decide to leave and um you know it's we talk about transition. We talk about communication. It's funny how all these things were like coming into play, but I just wasn't smart enough to figure it all out at the point. Mm -hmm. You know, I just, uh, I was getting after it and, and things were going so fast because Marines do everything fast too. I don't know if you could tell, but even we talk fast. Well, you you talk fast, but then also (laughs) during workout, you're you're always the first one out. Yeah. Whenever we go to finish, Finish. not finish strong, but I I definitely start strong. But but it's, but that's okay. Right. Cause you're just, you're, you're watching the six, right? That's yeah, all that yeah, is. Yeah, exactly. And it's good. Uh, you know, I'm just taking care of making sure nobody's uh, nobody's left behind. But the, um, you know, it's talking about transition. I did not have a good transition plan. And that's why I was honored when you guys asked me to, to be your first podcast guest. But this topic is is something that's so near and dear to me because basically I was going full speed with no exit strategy. Mm-hmm. I, had, I had made no plan of I always just thought I was going to be a Marine. Yeah. So, so, well, I guess going into that, so as your separation date approached, what, I mean, what were you thinking? Okay. So my, I, I didn't have a separation date because I was reenlisting. Okay. And so, you know, that's, this is the other thing where you, you, you talk about the best made plans, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, I had already passed my psyche vow and everything to be a drill instructor at MCRD in San Diego. So everything that I was doing was uh, basically revolving around that. So my, Working on my PFT because you got to be super fit. Um, my uniforms, my knowledge, everything, everything I'm doing at that point is so I can get my seat at, or keep my seat at DI mm-hmm. school. And uh, so things are going just cooking along, and then they have this little conflict in Somalia, and the, it wasn't a war, which still freaks me out. It wasn't a war in the beginning, but they were going to send me over to set up uh, the ship to shore communication in Somalia, and I didn't really want to do that um, because I was. 
that's when the Marines are going to be used like peacekeepers. Yep. And it wasn't a, you know, without, without having a huge political discussion, it wasn't a good time in our history. Yeah. Well, from a, even a history, well, let me ask you about from the home front standpoint. So were there, or were there talks between you and your wife about that aspect of it as well? Yeah. And so, and, and if Amy was here, I would apologize. I, I've, you know, drill instructor is like a really honorable or a, it's like one of the most difficult things you can do in the Marines as an enlisted Marine. And she was proud of me for doing that, but I didn't have an exit strategy. It's not like I told her, Hey, if, you know, if this doesn't work out, I'm just going to get out. Yeah. So then this, you know, the Somali conflicts happens, they're sending everybody, then they're sending me advanced party. I kind of just get mad one day because uh, the way things were being handled and I crumbled up my reenlistment package and said, well, if it's not a war, you can't make me go. Mm -hmm. And I was about at 60 days before my exit. And, um, basically I crumbled up my package and said, I'm done. So I had about a month, um, a month of leave saved up. So really I had about 30 days to make my transition plan, sure. which was horrible. Yeah. That's horrible planning. So yeah, I was making a life change in less than 30 days because I had 30 days leave. I had to use also that, you know, you're going to get that before you exit the military. Anyway. Yeah. So, so what would you have done differently in that case? Well, and I, I guess the one, the first thing I would do is I would have, um, you know, I, I would tell everybody first thing to do is go and look at all your options for reenlistment. I, you know, I didn't do that. I had this one very, very set strategy, what I was going to do. Um, no reenlistment bonus, nothing like that. Mm -hmm. I was just going to do, I was going to go be a DI because I was the most squared away guy. Um, I didn't pay attention to anything else, which, so when I exited it now, I had some regret as soon as I got out because I probably could have went and, you know, maybe went into a different MOS or yeah. done something different, but I didn't look at any of that. I just got out. Mm -hmm. So the first thing I would do is just weigh out all your options. The other one that I've seen a lot of guys do that have decided to exit active duty, they try to they decide to stay in the National Guard, something like that, um, and go into the reserves because there's bonus money there too yeah. that you can look after. And then if you're enlisted, looking at going and seeing if uh, you, how you can use your your GI Bill or whatever to make sure you go to school. Yep. So all those things said, you should have an exit strategy. There's people in the military to help support it. You know, there's places like you know a post duty that are going to help you um, make that transition. You should start using that as soon as you start looking at making a plan. So. Yeah, and I would say, I mean, there is, uh, you know, you know, that's you know, from a post duty standpoint, that's kind of, you know, the goal is to help, you know, that transition life a little bit easier, whether it's job or uh, education or even, you know, vocational, right? So vocational, so, so you have, you apply what you've learned in the field, and then instead of going, you know, a class where you're sitting, you know, for hours on end talking about. Uh, Brit British literature, right? <laughs> right. Is that yeah. there are tons of vocational schools out there where you can take what you've already learned and apply it and get credits out there, right? From, yep. from what you need. So um, those are all, you know, specific things and things that, you know, people should absolutely be looking at once they are, once they're in the transition period. But, uh, but obviously don't wait 30 days, right? Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't wait until you only have 30 days left and then think, well, I'm going to, I'm going to figure this out because I'm, I'm really, really smart. I'm going to make a, I'm going to take care of my family uh, make all these life decisions without getting anybody else involved. So, okay. Don't at, do this, that. at this point where there are children involved. Yeah. I had two kids. So I had two kids uh, born at uh, Pendleton. My Tucker and Bailey were both born. Uh, they were born off base, but they were both, both born when I was in Pendleton. Gotcha. So, so kind of going into it. So we, that was a tough moment, right? Yeah, but, absolutely. So maybe if there's something else, what was one of the hardest things you faced when transitioning into civilian life, so you've done what you need, and then you transition. What was that like? One of that tough, one of the toughest things. That yeah, you, you know, at? I learned a, I learned a lot of tough lessons as, as I went from 
being a Marine and having all these great people surrounding me. And then when you're in civilian life, the first one is realizing that all your coworkers don't really have your six They're They're not going to cover for you or pick up for you. And then, um, a lot of things that make you successful in the military don't necessarily make you, um, successful in, in the civilian world. And I had, and I had a tough transition with that. You know, you've, if you if you're used to being the big dynamic personality and in, in, in the barracks and the platoon, that isn't what they want in corporate life. Uh, yeah. They want nice and quiet, professional, professional speakers. Uh, they don't want to hear about cussing or joking or any of that kind of stuff. Any, so yeah. yeah, there's a lot of, you know, it it. I always tell everybody this this is how the best lesson I can give anybody um, listening today is. It took a long time for the military to take you from being a civilian into a, being a. Uh, you know, a hard charger, mm-hmm. it's going to take you, it's going to take you equally or longer to go from being a hard charger back to a civilian. Yeah. I figure that transition is probably a lot tougher than the, the other one, because yeah. in in a sense is that you don't have a whole bunch of people screaming at your face, getting you ready for that. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. And this one is just, you yeah. know, people are kind of doing what they need to or whatever it might be. Yeah. So. And I, I think most, uh, most men will default, uh, they're kind of selfish anyways. And then, uh, you know, as you're making that transition, you're mostly worried about you. You're not worried about your wife, your kids, or anybody else around you. You're mostly worried about yourself. Absolutely. So it takes a long time. Yeah, so I also know, uh, just because, like I said, we've known each other for, for a little bit now. Yeah. I said there was also, you made a recent change of job. And so what I guess what I want to talk a little bit about, you mentioned it here, one of the hardest things is that not everybody uh, watches or six once you transition. However, that said... I don't feel like that was the case in your circumstance. So yep. once you explain kind of a little bit what happened in this kind of new job transition right. that you had, and then how did your military experience help prepare you for, you know, the, the circumstances that you had to, uh, that you had to face? Yeah. So, um, you know, this is a really good transition story. So, um, Kellogg's decided to get out of the, uh, direct store de- uh, delivery system. I ran a, um, the DC here in Charlotte. So uh, I had to inform all my, you know, it was February 6th. I got uh, my package February 8th. I had to let all my people go, which was difficult, but the military helped prepare me uh, for that. You know, not every, uh, you know, you're going to have to give bad news and you're going to have to, you know, lead people. And uh, it's just as difficult to, for them. But you, you know, as a leader, you got to just stand up and if you got bad news to say, give it and try and support people once they, they, they don't they know the news. But now I'm going to go ahead and segue that I'm going to say I've started making my plan. Uh, I went to jujitsu that night, and um, a guy I was wrestling is a guy airborne. Mm-hmm. And airborne basically uh, so different from what I did when I left the Marines. He said, what's wrong? You know, you don't seem like yourself tonight. And I said, well, I had a horrible day. Uh, just, you know, I'm going to be making this career change. And he said, I already know the job you're going to get. I know a guy who's looking for somebody just like you. And so airborne helped arrange all this so the. The, the moral of that story is have a plan, have some friends, get your friends involved when you need you know, support when some you know, major change hits yep. you like this and, um, and have a friend like Airborne that actually can help you get a job. And so that's all um, Airborne's help orchestrate that. Yeah. And then, I mean, I know this is, you know, a transition, but I guess um, a lot of times, especially you see it from a military standpoint, they have a hard time asking for that help. Right. And yeah. so that's, it's not always not an easy transition form for that. So maybe from your side, what was, what helped you ease into that? Where you kind of were able to open up? 
Yeah, and I, I was going to say, first off, uh, you know, it was really hard for a Marine to ask an Air Force officer for support. <laughs> that was horrible, yeah. But uh, Airborne's a great guy. The other one that I, I am going to tell you, I, you know, I had a plan. Basically, I got home from the day I got that news. I started working on my plan. Amy and I sat down because I involved my spouse. I involved Amy this time on let's make a plan. If, you know, if it's not here, where else would we would be willing to move to? Yep. Uh, what, you know, how are our kids going to be impacted and what we could do. So we having this kind of structured plan. And then I started getting all my friends involved and I had several leads, but it was really because I, I used my network of friends. Mm -hmm. And if, and if you don't have that network, network of friends, you know, getting involved with, uh, with your church, with, you know, men's organizations like F3 yep. or, um, you know, I'm trying to think of some other ones. I can't, like, none are coming to the top of my head right now, but, uh, but I mean, those two are pretty solid ones to yeah. start off with. And so yeah. maybe, so he, you keep hearing the, the word airborne. So yeah. airborne, what he talked about, you know, I'm bounty hunter in yeah. F3 nation. David is C-SPAN in F3 yep. nation. And so airborne is just another guy another, another in, guy. yep. In yeah. F3 nation that, uh, that we've all, you know, we all give each other nicknames. And, and, and so for all the airborne Rangers out there, airborne is in the air force, but he's actually an airborne air force guy, which I still find ironic that we have an air force airborne which doesn't make any sense nope. for all the military guys, but it's uh, yeah, he's a great guy and he helped with my transition. Quite awesome. A bit. So if you can look back from what you're just talking, what was that kind of a key lesson that you learned from that piece, from your current story? Well, the first one is just having a plan and trying to stick to the plan. Um, you know, actually having a transition, ha knowing that transition is going to be hard and uh, trying to find people to support you, I think is the other one. So have a plan and then seek out support to get through it. Yeah. Um, any other tips that you would recommend for veterans who are transitioning or about to transition or they, they, they already have, and they're kind of struggling right now? Yeah. So I, um, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and give you some advice that I don't take very well. So that is be patient. Um, you know, I was so used to pushing the whole time I was in the Marines, I pushed and pushed and pushed, uh, top of my platoon, top of my class, all that kind of stuff. Um, in the real, in the real world, world life goes much slower. In the corporate world, it goes even slower than that, mm -hmm. and so um, try and enjoy that. That try and enjoy the ride because you know it's going to go slower, and just be patient. Um, and I know that's hard for guys, for men and women that are ex in the service or making that transition to uh, when I for, for me to say, hey, just I, I found one job after the next, but trying to be patient, and it might mean you have to take a position that you don't necessarily love, yep. just to make sure you can get that transition and get the bills paid. Mm -hmm. So be patient. All right, to kind of get back out of here, let's let's take a step back and uh, if you could go back yeah. and you can see your younger self, what advice would you give that younger in 1988, <laughs> David Green? Yeah, I think I would go with uh, God is always with you, and uh, just don't feel so lonely. I know, uh, you know, I had I had a lot of field assignments, a lot of lonely, lonely uh, parts of the military for me. Um, you know, really just. The God's always with you, and you know you don't have to. You don't always have to feel as alone as your uh, your human side might feel, knowing that the Lord's with you. Absolutely, I love that. Um, so now we're actually going to kind of transition a little bit. Uh, we're into going to something what we call just the speed round. This is where I'm just going to ask you a question, top answer. You you, uh, you you spit back something right away. All right. Perfect. Are you ready right. for this? I don't know if I'm ready, but we'll, we'll give well, it a whirl. You're a Marine. You're always. Yeah, ready. I'm always ready. You're, you're right. You're always. Ready. You're right. I'm. A, you're correct. I am always ready. Let's awesome. get after it. All right. Uh, what's the best advice you ever received? Uh, Jesus is your spotter, and uh, so shoot appropriately. A military resource you would recommend? 
Best weapon you will ever be issued is your body. Keep it clean and ready for battle. Love it. A book you would recommend and why? The B-I-B-L-E. Only book that applies in every situation, in case you could tell I was a Sunday school teacher. That's, <laughs> That's great. Uh, what advice would you give uh, to our listeners or someone that was actually con- contemplating joining the military? What would you tell them? Do it. And if uh, you can run fast and shoot straight, maybe possibly win a fight, join the Marines. <laughs> no bias there, right? Yeah, no bias there. Uh, what would you tell a service member who is close to their separation date? Yeah, this one, uh, I, I'm not, I might not be able to do this in the speed round, but uh, look at every option and uh, when you're re-enlisting and understand that you can, uh, uh, and this is tough, but what you hate about the military is even worse than corporate life. So, you know, really look at your options. Absolutely. It's okay. It's Even though it's speed round, but sometimes we just want to hit the <laughs> nail on it. You want, sometimes you need to aim first before you shoot. So um, that said, let's. Uh, I think we're going to kind of close up here. First of all, we really do appreciate you joining. Um, so maybe give us your last parting piece of advice in a way that people can connect with you. All right. I guess the, the first one I'm going to use uh, for the guys in F3, they'll have heard this speech a couple of times, but I wish... Um, you know, you're kind of asking me what I was the advice or what was the advice somebody gave me. And, you know, I wish I would have had that advice and from the 1988 yep. version of myself would have got. So think about this uh, like a target, like a big archery target, something downrange. Um, very center of the bullseye is your relationship with the Lord, right? And then the next relationship or the next ring on the bullseye is your wife or your M, right? That's yep. where her spot is. And so right after the Lord is your wife. Next ring on the bullseye is your kids. And we all... I've seen people who try and put their kids in the center of everything and uh, try and put the Lord and their wife, and it doesn't work out. So the very center of the bowl is God. The next ring is your wife. The next ring is your kids. Next ring after that is your shield lock or your really good friends. And the, that's not there might not be a lot of people in that ring, but those are the people you can really rely on. And then uh, the next ring after that is um, blades or the younger men in your life that you're actually trying to help and mentor along. And the last ring of the bullseye is your work and uh, your work is important everybody's got to make a living you know if you're out there getting after it uh you know on guard duty or whatever listen to this tonight it's part of the gig so center of the bullseye is lord next ring is your wife next ring is your kids next ring is your shield lock the next ring is the blades or the younger men you're pouring into in the last ring and where it belongs is your work awesome. so so think about that you keep your priorities in order right your life's going to be in order Amen. So, uh, and then uh, a way that people can connect with you. Yeah. So, um, you know, easiest way uh, for your, for all you old people, cspanf3 at gmail.com. Uh, we're also, uh, I'm at cspanf3 on Twitter and on Instagram. I'm, I'm killing it on Instagram. There you go. I think I'm up to 100 followers. All right. All right. <laughs> and I'm also, uh, I'm on LinkedIn for, for the professional stuff. And uh, that's just uh, David Green. And uh, you can look me up in the, under Fort Mill, I think. Great. So, uh Anyway, I can't thank you enough for for being here, for being on the the first podcast. Uh, we're hoping to to grow this and and get this and move this next step. Really, the goal is to to focus on all that you know facets of the military. So you know, transition's a big piece of it too. Maybe after transition, if education might be another one for so. So be looking uh, later on for for things that we are going to be plugging in. But uh, but David. Can't thank you enough for being here yeah. and sharing your experiences with us. Uh, this is awesome, and I really, really do appreciate you being yeah. here. Yeah, thanks for making me the first guest on Post Duty. Not a problem. And remember, Jesus is your spotter. Jesus is your spotter. So shoot appropriately. Well, uh, thank you. The, this has been, you've been chatting with uh, David Green, and 
TV, and uh, we're going to be signing off. Thanks, guys. Bye. Hope you've enjoyed our chat today with David Green. Remember to follow us on our social channels, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn, all at PostDuty. Again, that's at PostDuty. Also, don't forget to check us out on PostDuty.com for any career and educational opportunities. Lastly, if you'd like to be featured on the PDP podcast, just email us at staff at postduty.com. That will be it for today. This is TV over and out.